And you have come this morning to worship. To worship. Now, one of the things about worship is that God's people have been worshiping for generations. And they do this thing we call worship in many different ways, in many different iterations. Um, what I like to think of in worship is that God is delighted by our worship. Last week, I, I introduced the idea of what it means to have God overwhelmed with joy and delight when God comes across us and finds us. So what does it mean to delight God? I don't know if there's anybody in your life that you want to delight. Now, one of the keys to delighting somebody is that you know them. You know what they like. You know a little bit about them. And, and the, the more you know about them, then the better you're going to be at bringing them delight. So this morning, I'm going to be talking and, and giving a message about worship as something that delights God. And therefore, you need to know something about God if you're going to delight God. We are a people who know what we know about God because we've been blessed with Holy Scripture. The writings of God's people throughout the generations that tell us about their experiences of God. And so uh, one of my favorite sources are the Psalms. Because the, in the Psalms you can learn a lot about this God of ours that we want to delight. So the Scripture text this morning is Psalm 113. Now, when you learn about God using scriptures, you are reading texts that were written primarily in Hebrew. Uh, then those texts, these psalms that I'm going to read to you, that were written in Hebrew were translated into Greek. And then those psalms that were written in Hebrew, translated into Greek, were then translated into Latin and German. And then finally, English, the King James Version that has words like thou and wouldst and shouldst and things like that, which I don't really know that language either. So the language that I will generally read in or show you is what I call the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. So as I read to you, the words of the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible are going to be on the screen. But the words that I'm reading to you are going to be from a paraphrased version of the Bible. So that you will see a little bit about what I'm talking about when I say, we want to learn about this God of ours revealed in the scripture. And how that's not just an easy thing to do by picking up any old language or any old version of the Bible. It's, it's quite a task. So listen for the word of God as I read to you Psalm 113. The words on the screen are the New Revised Standard Version. The words I'm reading are from the message. Listen for the word of God. Hallelujah. You who serve God, praise God. Just to speak God's name is praise. Just to remember God is a blessing, now and tomorrow and always. From east to west, from dawn to dusk, keep lifting all your praises to God. God is higher than anything and anyone. 
outshining everything you can see in the skies. Who can compare with God, our God, so majestically enthroned, surveying his magnificent heavens and earth? He picks up the poor out of the dirt, rescues the wretched who've been thrown out with the trash, seats them among the honored guests, a place of honor among the brightest and the best. God gives childless couples a family, gives them joy as the parents of children. Alleluia. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this God you have come to worship this morning, you do so by putting a little effort into getting to know God translating different languages in the scriptures is is effort so you put some effort into it worship the root word of the word worship um, is to work to put effort into something devotion discipline in this work of praising God uh, worshiping God and the psalmist says what we are to do is praise God praise God praise God worship God put a little effort into it put a little work into it put a little discipline in it that God might be delighted with what God is watching us do so one of the first things this psalmist teaches us about God is proximity where is God doing all this observing from anybody go to the UVA game yesterday no? Yes? No? Yes? So, not to be too nosy, but, like, were your tickets expensive? Or were they, like, down on the... You know, were you free tickets. Were they, were they... Where were they? Were they up, or were they down on the field? Down? Did you have, like, a little tag on your thing, and you can walk on the sidelines? Not that good. Okay. So, there are places you can be to see things. You know, you get the little ticket, and you can walk with the... Rub shoulders with the players and all right down on the turf on the field now those are tickets then you can be like right in the first row of stands there in the center on the 50 yard line those are pretty good i got tickets from harry kennan and gail kennan last year you know where they were nosebleed section i mean way up there i know <laughs> that it it makes a difference where you're watching from and the psalmist says that god is watching from a Above the heavens and the earth. Above them. I don't, I don't really know where that is. God is watching from this perspective that is above all of creation. Above heaven, above earth, above time itself. In a timeless place is where God's perched. And I got to tell you, when you think about your worship, from that perspective, it, it changes things. Um, anybody here in a marching band? Anybody here been in a marching band? No? Yes? Yes? Marching band. Have you ever, well, marching band? Okay. Have you ever watched a marching band from the field level? It is awful. You can't. You can't, you can't tell. It looks like just a mess, and it's a wonder the trombones don't have bent slider. I mean, you know, have you ever been a slider in a marching? Okay, so it happens, right? It's amazing, but it looks terrible from the field. 
You know the best place to watch a marching band? The higher up. You ever seen the University of Michigan? I mean, I don't, I, you don't, don't watch the game. Tune in to watch the halftime show. You will be delighted. But a marching band only can do that because of practice. Practice, practice, practice. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Order, order, order. And you know this to be true, that the things that we do that are perhaps the most delightful are the things that take a lot of practice and discipline and order. Anybody here been on a sports team? No? Yes? Anybody here been on a championship sports team? No, no champions here. Okay. Well, knowing what I know about a good team, good sports team, you know how they get good? They don't just show up on the court to play the game. They've been to practice five days a week. They've exercised. They've prepared themselves. That the things that we can do that are the most wondrous and delightful are the things that we that require effort. And God is the one to whom, in front of whom we worship, and God looks at us, and the things that we do that delight are the things that we do that maybe take a little effort, like singing, Overton. Never mind about that. But our choir sang last week at the last service, and, and when do you practice? Tuesday nights. What time? Thursday nights. What time? 6.30, Tuesday night, every week they practice. Am I getting that wrong? I can't. Okay. Practice is the thing that we do that, that results in things that are delightful. Effort, energy. Today in this message about worship as something the church does... I would encourage you to consider your spiritual journey, your relationship to God, and what that has to do with worship. Now, one of the things you can learn is that in Jesus' day, worship was centered around a temple. Okay, there's a big building in the middle of Jerusalem. Jesus went there, his disciples went there, and worship happened in lots of different ways. Much of it was very ritualized and routine and disciplined and practiced, right? Jesus shows up and he begins to introduce an idea that also what is delightful to God is that we would be a people who heal, who teach, who serve, who seek justice. That these things that we do are also delightful to God and they don't have to just happen on the Sabbath. In fact, they happen every day of the week. Now, in First United Methodist Church, we have a worship committee, and Overton is the chair of it, but there's, that's not the only committee we have. We have a nurture committee, we have an outreach committee, we have a witness committee. We have four ministries that go on, and this is a result of Jesus who said, worshiping does not have to be centered only in the temple. It becomes a part of your life that spills over into other parts of your life. And oh, by the way, delights not only God, but delights the people around you. It serves the people around you, especially the needy. So Jesus teaches us that this idea of worshiping is something that 
God takes delight in when we do worship, and Jesus went to the temple, okay? I'm not saying he didn't go to the temple, but he said and taught us that our lives and our relationship with God revolve around the things that we do that require effort from us that delight God and delight other people. I'm, I'm very fond of saying that there are many, many uh, charities in the world, nonprofits like Habitat for Humanity, and they do a great job at building things. Do you know our church has a ministry where we build things? We go out on mission trips and build things. There are many, many charities and nonprofits that do many, many good things, nurture, outreach, mission, but the, there's only one institution that worships. And so while a church can do many, many things, there's only one thing that we do that nobody else does. And it really, in my opinion, should be the thing we do best. Not that we don't do the other things, but when we worship, we have been serious about what we do. We have put thought and creativity and joy and discipline and effort into our worship. Because this God that the psalmist describes that is watching us is a God who doesn't just uh, sit observing. Is there a picture like watching TV? What's that slide? The God who is enthroned above the heavens and earth. Okay, so the psalmist says, well, there is that God that, that's enthroned above the heaven and earth and is watching us. But then it says that it is the psalmist says, and it is God who raises us up out of the pit. When we are down, it is God who raises us up. When we are hurting, it is God who heals us. When we are in despair, it is God who brings us into the light. When we go through hardships, it is God who takes us through it. Now, I don't know about you, but I am a fan of adventure stories and sports stories and any stories, you know, where somebody overcomes a hardship and endures through a difficulty, and we call it stories of the human spirit, right? Stories of the human spirit. What I believe the psalmist is telling us, that this human spirit that we love to tell stories about, and you all have them in your own life, and people that you know who have been through hardships and trials and difficulties and despair. And they've gotten through it. You can look, you know how you got through it? Because you can look back on it and I say, I remember. What the psalmist says is that spirit that raises us up is not the human spirit. It's the Spirit of God that is in you. That we do not stay down, but we endure, we persevere, we overcome because there is the God in heaven that is with us and God's Spirit within us is that which raises us up. This enthroned God up there above earth and above heaven and beyond time is also the God that is with us who we came to know in Jesus Christ who showed us that we can endure and overcome anything even death because in the resurrection we are taught not to fear even death because it has been overcome by the love and the grace and the mercy of God in Jesus Christ 
And in response to this God that we've got to know, we worship. And so the best worship is this worship that we do, this thing that we do that requires effort. The thing you have done this morning that I think in our culture today requires the most effort is you've gathered together. We're kind of individualistic people. We've got our own cell phones, we've got our own cars, we go our own places, we get our own way. And you know, I don't really like sitting next to Overton when we sing because he can't sing. But you've done it anyway. You have gathered. You have done something that doesn't come easy to you. So the next thing you go, okay, well, let's gather. And when we gather, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to do liturgy, you know, back and forth talking. We're going to maybe sing, maybe learn how to sing in harmony. We're going to put effort into it. Um, in the secular world today, I think all human beings have this, this desire, this inclination to do this kind of thing. What we call it today, instead of worship, is flash mob. You know what a flash mob is? No? Yes? No? Anybody here ever been in a flash mob? All right, so a flash mob is human beings going around doing what they do. Uh, they've done it for centuries, uh, hunting and gathering, right? We hunt and we gather. We usually do this at shopping centers or malls or grocery stores. So we hunt and we gather. It's part of our workaday world. And in the middle of our workaday, getting it done, just surviving in this world, we have the capacity to do something delightful. A flash mob is a group of people who've decided to go into a workaday world setting and do something delightful. And the thing I notice about flash mobs it's not something they just all said, hey, let's show up and do whatever comes to mind. No. This is the result of practice. This is the result of effort. This is the result of creativity. This is the result of a group of people getting together, working together to do something together that is not necessarily easy. But boy, is it fun. It's also contagious. So have you ever thought about your church worship as something that is contagious, that if somebody who isn't part of a church or doesn't go to worship, that they came and saw what we did in worship, they say, I wish I could do that. Flash mobs are delightful because when you watch them, you become aware that this is not something these people just did on the spur of the moment. They worked for you. To delight you. A flash mob uh, is something that breaks into our everyday work. So the idea of Sabbath has been around a long time. That you could work seven days a week. You could just make every day like every other day. But to be a worshiping person is to be a person who said, Nope, I'm going to take a bit of that time out. And I'm going to gather and I'm going to put effort, and I'm going to be with others, and we're going to do something that would be delightful to God, that would be beautiful in this world, that would be creative and bring joy and hope and inspiration, and God will be delighted, and others will be delighted, and I will be delighted. Okay, enough of the flash mob. The psalmist also says that there will be a time when we gather... But we are gathering with God. This time above time. A lot of people call it going to heaven. 
that what we do on Sunday mornings in our worship is really our choir practice. It is our time when we come together and what we do here is practicing for the day when we are where God is and where our time with God is filled with praise, is filled with joy, is filled with hope and beauty and inspiration and delight. This is my hope and my vision for what worship is like at First United Methodist Church. And I will tell you that I think some of the best things that human beings do are a result of discipline and routine and ritual. But if all they are is discipline and routine and ritual, then they're going to miss the delight of surprise and inspiration and creativity. And so the best worship that you will ever experience will be a combination of those things where it's not always predictable, but it's got enough ritual in it that you know how to do it and you have done it well. We don't want to be a marching band that doesn't practice. We want God to take delight when we gather. We want it to be a time where our praises are lifted up to the God who is above all and in all and through all. And most of all, that our worship is the source of our power. The power to go into this world and be servants and to give and to sacrifice and to raise up the downtrodden comes from worship. Thanks be to God for this gift that is worship. Amen.